and welcome to Pleasantly Surprising Customers. This is episode 42 of the American Dry Cleaner podcast. I'm your host, Dave Davis, editor of American Dry Cleaner magazine. Dry cleaners are always looking for ways to stand out from the competition, and one of the best ways to accomplish this is to give your customers a great experience every time they come in so that you become the only dry cleaner they think of when they need your services. Joining us today for our discussion on boosting the customer experience is Kyle Matthews, the Director of Operations for Janet Davis Cleaners, located in the Metro Detroit area. Hi, Kyle, and thanks for being our guest today on the American Dry Cleaner Podcast. Hey, I'm happy to be here. Thanks for having me. So, Kyle, as we get started, what is your mindset when it comes to the customer experience at Janet Davis Cleaners? What does a win look like to you? That's a great question. The customer experience to us is central to what we do. So our mission statement is that we want to provide Metro Detroit with an epic textile care experience. And then one of our core values is extraordinary customer service. So really the customer experience is at the heart of what we do. And part of providing that unforgettable service is to have knowledgeable staff and friendly faces representing your business. Uh, Can you describe the training process you have for your team members? Uh, What do you teach them that translates into a great customer experience? If you take a step back and think about all the people that come to work for you, you know, most likely the last place they didn't work was Chick-fil-A or Ritz-Carlton or one of those places that we think of that provides superior customer service. And so we train everyone the same way, no matter where they came from. And part of that is for our customer service team, they've got a 50-page training manual, which I think is both too in-depth and not in-depth enough. (laughs) Um, And so it's something that we're always always tweaking and training and you know, and updating as we see how we use it. But then it's also not something that it's like you come to work and you have to study out of the book and you have a test. It's more like we use it as a launching pad or a springboard. So, you know, this is the lesson we need to cover for today. Someone's going to talk all about it. And then once the lesson's over on your own time, that's when you go back and actually read the lesson. Um, And then if you have questions or whatnot. And so that's the way that we go about it is it's a lot of person to person training But you use the book sort of as a reference when you're on your own and as kind of a follow-up material after you've learned something from from an actual human. How has the practice of pleasantly surprising customers changed in the past few years? What do modern customers desire that those a few years ago might not have? Yeah, I mean, unfortunately, the bar has gotten quite low to pleasantly surprise a customer. (laughs) It never used to be enough to just do what you're supposed to do. But I think that has always been the baseline for us is... You can't pleasantly surprise somebody if the cleaning's not right, if there's a button missing, if there's a double crease in the item or or something like that. Like whatever you do after that is just ignore it because you messed up the base. And then beyond that, you know, it depends on the person. Some customers want to come and go really fast. Some want to come and show you pictures of their kids and their grandkids (laughs) and their dogs and everything, you know, and so it's, it just comes down to paying attention, figuring out those little things you can do, like holding doors open. Um, if you know, if we've got a customer that's been coming for 20 years and she said her mom died, we'll all get together and get a card and and send it to that customer. And, you know, it's just little things like that. It doesn't need to be huge. It doesn't need to be expensive, but it just comes down to paying attention. Kyle, budgets are always a concern. So what are some low cost ways you use to pleasantly surprise customers? What gives you the most bang for the buck? I mean, just being nice gives the biggest bang for the buck and it doesn't cost any extra to be nice versus being rude. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that one or two extra seconds you spend with someone to chat with them doesn't cost you anything. Um, some might say it costs you inefficiency, and that might be true for an individual day. But when that customer comes back over and over and over again because they have a relationship, that 
few moments you invest in talking is more of an investment than a cost. And yeah, there are some ways you can certainly spend some money. Like we give a, a newsletter to our top customers every month. Mm-hmm. Not even just our top customers, it's emailed to everybody. Um, and then, you know, those customers that come in a little bit more often do get it mailed to their house in addition. And that's something that helps build relationships and, you know, gives increases that customer experience. So there's certainly some things you can do to spend some money, but I would always start with the free things like hello, goodbye, thank you, please. Just gentlemen and lady words that seem to be lost today. Right. And one of the most important elements for giving customers uh, great service is personalizing the experience. How does your company make sure customers feel like individuals? So kind of our core value, the one that says, you know, extraordinary customer service, um, the follow-up to that is our goal is to provide each customer with the best business interaction in each customer's day. We're not being compared to necessarily the dry cleaners down the street or even the dry cleaners that was from their last town. I mean, we're being compared to Amazon, to Mercedes-Benz, to Ritz-Carlton, to all the things that our customer might interact with in a day, a week, or a month. By focusing on that, and it's, it's just little things is where it starts and then grows from there. So when someone comes in, it's not, what's the phone number? All right, I'll be right back. You know, hey, how are you doing today? And then they'll, they'll answer however they answer. All right, I'll be back with your items in just a moment. Or, hey, what's your phone number real quick for me? You know, it's, what's your phone number? How are you doing today? Mm-hmm. You know, changing those little verbal cues makes a huge difference. Kyle, can you share some ideas you've had to legitimately surprise customers and make that great impression? Something that we do once in a while, but not always, so that it actually is a surprise, is we'll pick a holiday here or there. Um, We picked Sweetest Day a couple years ago, and we gave one flower to everyone who came in. Something else I've thought about doing is, you know when you get those little inspection tags in your pocket when you buy a new coat or something? Mm-hmm. Something that we're about to do, we haven't done it before, is take a bunch of positive sayings, cut those off, off of a piece of paper, put it in the pocket just to make someone smile when they pull that out of their pocket. Part of providing that great experience is to get your customers input on how they thought things went. How do you solicit feedback from your clients? What methods have you found that work best for this? So this is something that we used to try and do on our own, and we spent a lot of time doing it. But honestly, what we found is the easiest way is just use one of the modules that plugs in with your point of sale system. It works, it's mindless, and you get feedback from it. In addition, you know, obviously to get in your five-star reviews from your top customers that you want to get, you'll also get valuable feedback in there. So make sure you're listening. And it happens. No matter how hard you try, now and then there's going to be an upset customer. Can you describe the process at your store when there's a problem with the customer's experience? What processes have you put in place to turn that experience around? So this is something that I can do sort of naturally. Um, I don't know if it's just growing up in the business or something along the way that I picked up, but trying to teach it then to somebody else was really difficult. And what I found was um, Zingaman's family of companies has Zing Train, I think it's called, and it's a customer service training, and they do a whole wide range of things. But I took their training on this particular subject of you know what happens when you screw up. And I kind of took it right into our training manual and I adapted a little bit, of course, but it's it's really simple and it lays it out in a way that people who don't necessarily know customer service can learn it pretty quickly. And so um, my suggestion with this is really make sure you understand what the problem is. And part of that is repeating it back to the customer, fix the problem, and then document it. And that's really as simple as it is. 
just make it right and make it right is pretty wide open and that's that's on purpose and how much autonomy do your people have when there is a problem uh, what's that process look like yeah i mean i tell them fix it whatever it is just <laughs> fix it 99 times out of 100 they do less than i would do out of fear that it's going to cost the company a bunch of money even after you explain that you know we're not perfect we're human um, you know, the customer isn't necessarily always right, but they're still the customer. So there's still always some way of connecting the two. And if once you not necessarily take what the customer said is the problem, but ask a few questions and really figure out what the problem is, mm -hmm. the solution usually presents itself pretty clearly. And if you just, someone brings something back and says, I want to be paid for this. That may not be what they actually want, but that's all they know to ask for. So what you might find out is it shrunk a little bit or it grew a little bit or, you know, there's a lot of things that might have happened. A, a seam opened up, but they just don't know what to ask for. And so when you start out, oh, I'm really sorry to hear that. What, what, what is the problem? Well, it's just not right. I understand that. I'm really sorry. What exactly is wrong with it so I can help you try and fix this? And just by presenting that you're on their side, you're on their team and you're trying to help them fix it really helps the whole conversation move forward. Yeah, communication is always the key, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. So Kyle, for our final spin question, what one idea would you like to leave our listeners with today when it comes to finding ways to pleasantly surprise their customers? I pay attention when I go other places. So, you know, did I go to the appliance store and have a terrible experience? I don't just isolate that to the appliance store. I then internalize that and say, what am I doing that could have been along the same lines that might have upset my customers? So that's one portion of it. But the other is, you know, take your owner hat off, take your manager hat off, walk in the front door. What does it look like? What does it feel like? How friendly are people? You know, maybe hang out in, in your lobby for a while and see how do people talk to people. If you walk in and walk out and you're one great or bad interaction, uh, that might be just the tip of the iceberg. And so you really need to spend some time and just listen. And I would just start there, just figure out where you're at and really listen. Again, take that owner hat off, put your customer hat on. And how are people talking? Are they smiling when they talk or do they come off like, you know, you just worked me for four weeks straight without a day off and one more customer is coming in with one more <laughs> pair of pants, you know, like there's a huge difference. And so that's where I would start is just the easy, basic, free stuff, get that stuff right. And then work into the bigger stuff like newsletters and other kinds of things. And that was a lot of great information, Kyle. Thanks so much for being with us today. Yeah, it was an honor to be here. Thanks for having me. Our guest today has been Kyle Matthews, Director of Operations for Janet Davis Cleaners, located in the Metro Detroit area. The American Dry Cleaner Podcast is produced by American Trade Magazines, LLC Chicago. The music for this podcast, Brand New Day, is by Alivero Angeloro and provided by hooksounds.com. Our podcasts are available free at our website, americandrycleaner.com, and you can also check out our weekly e-newsletter, The Wire, to learn more about future episodes. Also, be sure to like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter to stay informed about the podcast, along with news and information from around the industry. For the American Dry Cleaner Podcast, I'm Dave Davis, and I'll see you at the front counter again soon.